Pittsburgh Steeler fans, if Jeff's not going to start this show after 25 seconds, <laughs> my computer froze. My computer froze. I'm back. <laughs> no, I was like, man, my computer just went still. And I was like, I don't know if we're on yet or not. So just be silent because if we're silent, Brian's going to be able to cut out the silence anyway. So just wait. We're here. This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. Another Steelers preview kicks off in tremendous fashion. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Dave Schofield, we already welcomed yourself. Go ahead, Dave. What's going on? I'm ready to go. All right. Very good. And Brian Anthony Davis, what's up? I am very good. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am. I have a different background tonight because I'm on the road. I'm wearing road whites. My uh, internet went kaflooey. The modem went out, but I had some great friends allow me to just take over their home tonight and so i am in their house this is the second podcast i've done in the last hour in their house as they just sit here while i'm here doing this and so i want to say thank you to my good friends brad and beth for letting me do that it is a green bay packer house but very gracious to the steelers I've been there. I've done shows from my mother-in-law's house that's not too far away because of our internet. So yeah, I understand what that's about. All right, so for those that are watching live on YouTube or on Facebook, you can obviously see um, I am a man of my word. So the the shiesty hood continues to be worn. And instead of constantly trying to type into the live chat why I'm wearing a shiesty hood, the George Pickens hood, for those that don't know what that is, uh, we have a little disclaimer at the bottom, running at the bottom of the screen. Just going to let that roll for probably about the first five or ten minutes. I'll put it up again later. I was going to say, Jeff, you know, as soon as we stop talking about it, <laughs> someone else will just join the show and say, "What's I might up, just, with Jeff in the hood?" I might just leave the banner up all show. <laughs> just leave just, it. It's the, hey, okay. I'm being so, hypnotized by it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm enamored. Hey, if this keeps Brian's eyes off the live uh, chat, then I think it's Michigan. Seattle has two losses. <laughs> you know, a challenge accepted. I'm just getting rid of I just got rid of the live chat. So I'm flying blind, baby. All right. Let's get this show started. We have some Steelers news. Obviously, it happened on Wednesday. We have not talked about it outside of our own individual shows. Dave dove into the numbers of the Minka Fitzpatrick contract. But Dave, before we even talk about anything else and Omar Khan, which is the kind of the direction I wanted to go in with this podcast, we did get some, well, I guess they're finalized numbers. Field Yates of ESPN did tweet those out. Why don't you give the listeners out there just kind of like you gave us kind of projections on your Stat Geek podcast Thursday, but now we yes. kind of have a more... I guess a clear picture of what this four-year extension or five-year contract, whatever you want to call it, what it looks like. So why don't you tell the listeners what that's all about? I will do that. I do also have to say, Jeff, you were given props in the live chat by your mother for being My a man mother. of your word. There you go. She um, literally can do nothing. She had foot surgery, so she's forced to probably sit and watch us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't notice her in my shows. <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Hartman. <laughs> All right. Well, there was a phrase that I kept saying. I said a lot in the article that I did about it. I said it a lot on the podcast is this is assuming that they're having Minka Fitzpatrick's base salary for this year at the minimum. They didn't do that. 
rather than drop it down to the $1.035 million for what it would have been for someone who's got four or five or six years of, of, of service in the NFL for 2022, that would have been the number. He's still getting, as reported by Field Yates, a $4 million base salary. So he's got a $4 million base, $17.5 million signing bonus. What is the benefit of that, Dave? So they drop, they, tip, they typically drop it all the way down to the minimum, but they didn't. Is there a benefit to that? If the, there is benefit, a the benefit to that is, well, first of all, the benefit to Mickey Fitzpatrick is he would, is he got a, is it would have been more of a check that he right. got Wednesday. Yeah. Or I assume is when is when that would have been, but they didn't do it that way. The benefit it is to the Steelers is the lower the base salary, the lower starting number you're having before you add on the prorated bonus that's spread out over the life of the contract. By the Steelers not dropping it lower, that tells me they're fine with their amount of cap space because they could have dropped it another almost $3 million. Now that would have been spread out over five years and one fifth of that wouldn't have come off the salary cap. But I mean, th think about that. That would have been, you know, um, that almost, almost another $3 million that they could have taken off probably, you know, you know, two and not even half, we'll just round it off to two and a half uh, that they could have saved if they would have gone all the way down to the minimum, but they didn't. So you've got four there. Then you, but then you've got the seventeen and a half million dollar signing bonus. I thought he might get more. I did that because um, Jamal Adams got twenty. I wanted him to get a bigger signing bonus than Jamal Adams, but uh, it really didn't matter. But when you add that together, what the prorated bonus would be, because seventeen and a half divided by the five years would be three and a half million dollars per per season that that's going to count because that's how signing bonuses work. They spread out. So if you drop that base salary lower, that would give you a lower cap number the first year. Steelers didn't do it, which means they wanted to, to not push too much of it into the future. But the cap number for this year is lower than what it was. It was reported by Field Yates of, and I have it written down here, $8.124235 million. Now, the problem is not all those numbers are accounted for because if you were to do it, how you would normally do it, that it would be where you took the base salary and the prorated bonus. That only comes to seven and a half. So you're missing almost $650,000 that apparently counts on this year's salary cap, but isn't accounted for in what Yates reported. Uh, that could be several different things they could have done. It's not very Steeler-like. They could have done a per-game bonus. I still think there's the possibility it has something to do that his original contract was signed before the last CBA, and now there's an extra game. I think it has, if you think about that, I think that equates to what maybe a game check would have been for him if he wouldn't have signed the new deal. So that might be what that number is. I'm not sure until we get the full reports, but either way, it's saving the Steelers almost two and a half million dollars against the cap. You don't have to worry about displacement because he's not moving on or off the roster with anybody because it's just changing his number. Um, so that does free him up a little bit. Okay. Before Sorry, we... that was quite no, lengthy, no, no. but no, it had to be. Fine. No, that's fine. That's fine. The, the Before I go into the route that we want to go, I want to ask Brian what your knee-jerk reaction was when you saw the news that the contract was done. I'm talking about the duration, the financials. What was your reaction, Brian? Well, are you saying contract? Or are you saying contract? Because that's an Omar contract there that put out. And I absolutely love it. I've got a bunch of these. I'm constantly going to be talking about Omar Khan and Khan victories. So, you know, 
all I'm going to say about this whole thing is when I saw it, I had just got done listening to the Scobro show from the night before talking about, you know, they're going to, you're, don't worry. They're going to get Minka done. Just like a couple weeks before, like, don't worry. This is going to happen. You might see stuff on to it retire. So the Spruce <laughs> that are the Scobros, you yeah. know, you got to check those guys out on Tuesday nights. But I had just got done listening to that show. And then here comes the news and it comes on our Slack channel. And I see it right away. And I just smiled. Just like Kevin Smith was in class. He was giving a test and he fist pumped twice. He told me, and you can hear <laughs> all about that. On tomorrow's Here We Go, the Steelers show. So he's fist pumping. I'm in a Panera Bread just going, yeah, I'm smiling. I'm like, this is great because Khan is doing it right away. And I know that's what we're going to do, talk about on this show. But it goes back to everything. I'll talk about that later. But I just love the fact that Minka is going to be here. And there was some school of thought, and this not a lot of people said this, but when a player is not drafted by the Steelers, it takes you a long time to think of them as a full-time true Steeler. I had a feeling that Minka Fitzpatrick wanted this contract to become a full-time true Steeler. Now he is. Now he's a Bettis and a Farrier. Now you don't even think about the Jets, the Dolphins, the Rams in that case. You just think about this guy is true black and gold. And when I heard about that, I'm like, this guy's going to break out. Now he's saying all the right things today. I'm in love. I love this deal. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, Dave, I want to ask you the same question about your knee-jerk reaction, but I'm going to ask you a second question I want you to answer. Just roll right into it. And that is, do you think that the deal was fair for both sides? Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I love the fact that the deal was done when it was. That You know, this is great for fans. That it's... I said it Tuesday night. I'm like, I'm not worrying until the Thursday night kickoff game um, in September. And I'm like, and I'm not looking for this news now. I'm not glued to my phone because you're going to be disappointed. It's not normally when they do it. They can, but they it's not normal. So this was kind of abnormal in a great way that you could get this. It's a it's an early present of just one less thing to worry about. But then the question was, do I think it was a fair deal? I still want to see how it breaks down year to year. All that guaranteed money that he was reported to get, that $36 million, I do believe, um, isn't accounted for yet. So far, they've only accounted for $21.5 based on reports. That means I'm assuming that the other $14.5 is probably a guaranteed salary for 2023, if I were to guess. But right now, it's still guessing. I'd still like to see it all and how it shapes out year to year. But I'm content with it. Um because I don't think it's I, it's breaking the bank because the biggest thing is the Steelers aren't paying a franchise quarterback right now. So that's when you can lock up these guys like the TJ Watt, like Minka Fitzpatrick. I remember talking about it with Ben Roethlisberger when I said, hey, when he whether he played in 2021 or not, when he rolls off the books or has a lower number that's going to be on the books, because remember, it was going to be a big number in 2021, even if he didn't play. When he's moving off, that's when the first year of TJ Watts really being a, a, a large number kicks in. And then the next year you can worry about Minka Fitzpatrick being a big number that kicks in. I like that these two guys aren't 
aren't coming up at the same time, the same year for when their contract comes around the next time, because as great as these guys are, I want to see another contract in four years, or I guess it would be probably three years for Watt and four years for Fitzpatrick as they're both going into their last year. But I, I can't say that it's not fair. Uh, Non-Steeler fans are like, this guy's not that great. Why are they paying him so much money? I'm like, you don't know. No. You don't know what he does for that team. You don't know what he does for that defense. Even when he gets the low PFF scores, I don't think they know. So I'm just ecstatic that he's still around, and and I and I think they're still in great shape moving forward with the cap. It was pretty crazy to me when uh, Minka Fitzpatrick today, Thursday, had his inter- like press conference after his signing of the deal, and he talked about how he had never played free safety full-time before in his career yeah. until he came to Pittsburgh, and that was like his first time being a genuine bona fide free safety that is like a you know what he does now i mean we all just assume that's what he's always done now miami had him all over the place he was all over the place in alabama so interesting tidbit there but that's not the direction we want to go for this podcast (laughs) i felt like and i I don't want to take too much out of my let's ride podcast for friday morning but one of the things i talked about was Every single decision that's being made, whether it's made officially or not made, we're learning about Omar Khan. And I I said this is kind of like any job that you've ever worked. I mean, if you think about, I don't care if you are, let's say you're a school teacher. I know two of the three of us were teachers at one point or still are. And you might have a principal that's really great and you love working for that principal. But there's probably some things that if you were like, man, if, if I was the principal, I'd keep a lot of this stuff because it's good stuff, but I would definitely do some things different. I feel like that's, that was Omar Khan. Like he's not, that's not a cut on Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert did a great job since 2000 when he was hired and he was great at his job, but you can't think that Omar Khan, who's been there almost the same duration of time. Wasn't like, man, if, if this guy would just let me do this, do that, do the other with these contracts or shaping them a certain way, or, you know, doing whatever we need to do to make this work man, it would be awesome. Well, now he has the opportunity. So we're learning about Omar Khan almost as much as we are about some of the decisions that have been made. And I talked about how there's two decisions that he's already been faced with. And here's what we, we know. Stefan Tua retires. Is he going to have a knee jerk remove? Is he going to just say, okay, we need to go sign someone right now? No, he didn't. So it's not that he's not going to sign someone. They have the, the space to do it, but he isn't making that move right away. The second thing is that you knew they had to get Mega Fitzpatrick locked up. It literally took weeks. <laughs> TJ Watt took months. This took weeks. And Mega Fitzpatrick himself said in that same press conference that it was only a couple weeks ago that the Steelers approached his representation, excuse me, and said, <clears throat> we want to start the negotiations, like serious talks. And he got it done. So, Brian, what, what, what have we learned about Omar Khan so far, in your opinion? You kind of hit it on the head, Jeff, but he did not, Omar Khan did not make a move because he's like, all right, I've got to start off my own era as the GM would be making a big splash move. Omar Khan made a move because the Steelers needed to make this move and it had to get done. Now, here was a very interesting article that I'm not sure uh, who put it out. It was a Bengal site and they're freaking out because this makes... <laughs> This makes Jesse Bates more unsignable. And when I thought about that, I'm like, you know what? (laughs) The Steelers do this every single time. They, under Kevin Colbert, they had a system. 
We're not going to, we're going to wait till the very end, right before the start of the season. But when you're the early bird, you're paying less worms. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Because if Jesse Bates gets the contract before Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe you're paying Minka a little bit more to keep up with those Joneses and beat those contracts. It's a possibility. Let me ask you this. This is an unanswerable question. We will never know this. But what if the Steelers signed TJ Watt in June of 2021? Are they paying less money for him? It, like I said, we don't know the answer to that. But by waiting, you, you kind of watch all these other guys get deals and think, oh, man, that, that kind of ups your ante a little bit. So he came and made this move, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It tells me something else about Omar Khan, too. And this is the big thing that I've been saving. I was going to say it in my last rant. Now I'm going to say it now. I'm going to call out one of my favorites here at BTSC, Andrew Wilbar, who Wilbar was devastated because he will go to his grave saying the Steelers should have gotten more of a football guy. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I give you credit, Andrew, for doing that. But the thing is, football guys are a dime a dozen. They're out there. Now, some are better than the other, but you got an Andy Weidel who's a really good football guy that could help out, but money guys are not a dime a dozen. Money guys are hard to come by, and this was an Omar Khan-type deal after Dave broke it all down that we have seen time and time and time again, but it's the general manager making it with a committee now. So you don't lose much when you have a money guy in the big in the big position when you can have lots of football guys. I could name so many good football scouting GMs. I can't name any other really great money guys. So that's why I think this is awesome deal. This personified it when he signed Minka Fitzpatrick right away. But yeah, when you talked about the principal and doing things better or doing things different, everybody says, yeah, I would do stuff different, even though I was happy with what went on. Well, guess what? He did. And we're loving it so far, except for that one or two, those one or two naysayers. They were like, eh, I don't think Mink is that good. I'm like, come on. All right, Dave, what about you? What have we learned about Omar, Omar Khan so far? Well, I like what Brian was talking about with the whole money guy versus the football guy. Now, remember, was it two years ago that there was another money guy that, that, the, that, the, that the Steelers had that was kind of coming up under Omar Khan, and he got hired away, I'm pretty sure, to Carolina. Um, it was like, uh, it started with an S. I can't remember. So I, I should, because I wrote the article, but like I said, it was like two years ago. So when it's almost like a cost above replacement when it, when it came to this, when Brian says football guys are a dime a dozen, not, not really what, you know, not literally, but that there's more of them out there that you can, that, that there might not be a big drop off. And that's why I say cost above replacement. Could you imagine if it was Omar Khan that left and went somewhere else to another organization, how it, it wouldn't, I, from what we know, because money guys aren't the flashy guys. They're not the flashy names. There's not, they're, they're out there, but they're not always the guys that you necessarily remember. But to me, um, I, I just think that your example of, of, of the principal that wants to keep a lot of things, the, 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 
same, but yet make it your own. I kind of think about back in the day when American Idol was actually watchable, when they had uh, Simon Cow and Randy and, and and Randy Jackson and Paula Abdul, and what what would Paula? She always had to pump everyone up, and what would she said? You really took that song and you made it your own. You're still singing somebody else's song. But you put enough of your own twist on it to where it's not exactly the same thing and and it's enough and it's different enough to make it work. And that's what I really like so far with Omar Khan. And like I say, so far it's been, you know, one small free agent signing, bringing back someone who used to be with the team and one new deal. The fact that they got it done now, I like that whole idea of what you mentioned of you know, a little bit cheaper now that that uh, you're putting the pressure more now on these other safeties that sometimes getting it done earlier is more to your benefit. Which brings up the next question. And that is, we know the two other Steelers that whether they, well, they probably want the con. They know, I know they want the contract, but you come down to also how much is it going to cost? So you have a situation where, Deontay Johnson, Chris Boswell, they both are and some, some will debate the Deontay Johnson thing. Chris Boswell is worthy of the contract. If you're Omar Khan, Brian, we'll start with you. Do you sign either of these players before training camp begins? If so, who do you target first and why? Go ahead, Brian. It just depends what he wants to bring in. I don't have a great answer for that. It, I think the, the thing about Deontay Johnson that I think is really interesting is he is going to prove whether he's expendable or whether they need to keep him. So I, I don't think that they really want to, uh, I think they want to take more of a look and see, because when you go ahead and take a Calvin Austin and you take a George Pickens, who they think could be the next big thing, do they really want to go ahead and, extend Deontay Johnson when they might have some questions about him. Who knows? Maybe if they love him, yeah, they're probably going to do it if they love him. But we're going to find out how much they love him if they take him now. If they wait, that's not the worst idea in the world because if these two guys that are coming in blow up or something happens that Miles Boykin has a career renaissance, I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying... There are so many guys on that wide receiver stable that you can go ahead and bring in and miss Deontay Johnson a little bit, but not break the bank with the history of what they what they had. And when I say break the bank, not really shatter your dreams by losing. So because they can go ahead and make wide receivers, we've seen them do it. Nobody is complaining right now about losing Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster might be a huge loss, but there's so many guys waiting in the wings. There could be four guys that that right now could be the leader in receptions on this team this year. And I'm talking about three receivers and Pat Fryermuth. So that you're not going to break the bank for a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. You let him walk because there's no reason to pay him that money when you have so many possibilities, that's what they're looking at with Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson's valuable to this team, but they might not need him. A Minka Fitzpatrick, there's no one else really waiting in the wings because you've got two guys behind them with one year deals this year. 
So you you had to sign that guy. Boswell, you gotta you, you gotta re-sign this guy because he's one of the best kickers in Pittsburgh Steelers history. He is the best right now, statistically, the best kicker in Pittsburgh Steelers history. If he had if he didn't have an injury plague 2018 season, man, you might be seeing, I mean, his numbers might be the best of all time. Because every other year besides 18, this guy was just spectacular. And it's a shame that he's playing in the era of Justin Tucker, or this guy would probably be the guy everybody's talking about. That's how much money this guy is. So I don't think you you really have a problem if you bring him in. And I'm going to reference the Scobro show the other night. They were talking about this. You know, you don't, you're not going to break the bank with this guy. You might be giving him five or six million dollars, and it's not going to kill you for a guy that wins games for you. So, yeah, why not do it? So, to answer your question after this long diatribe, I'm just going to say, yeah, Boswell before Deontay, because right now there are more options at wide receiver than there are at kicker. All right, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I did an article a while ago, and I've, I, and I'm saying it's a while ago because I'll I'll premise it with with what some of it was was it was who are other Steelers players that could get a new contract before the start of the season that's kind of going under the radar and Chris Boswell was one of them because people weren't talking about it at the time and you're like oh well how long ago did I t-? you wonder how long ago I brought it up long enough ago that one of the one of the players I had was Stefan Tuitt. Because Tuit was coming into the last year of his deal. And I said, no, hear me out, everyone. Don't flip out. But just listen. If Stefan Tuit comes back and is playing at a high level in the preseason and shows that he's committed back to football, he's going into the last year of his deal. You might want to think about extending him before the season starts. But that would be a September thing. Obviously, that's not what happened. But Boswell was one of those, and I felt it for a, for a while. Uh, the number that was thrown out there by Bradley Locker, who was our guest on Tuesday night, who made his BTSC podcast debut. He's one of the writers for the website. If you didn't check that out, make sure you, make sure you get it. He threw a number of $5 million a year out there for Justin Tucker. I looked it up, and if you're looking at his – at his APY, average per year, under his contract, he signed it in 2019, and it was – 5.0 something million dollars. I mean, it, we in five in five years it was 25 million 95,000 and something. So uh that's what this that's and he's the highest paid. So you're talking about Boz. You you don't have to set a huge number above that, but you could go above that. And I'd love for them to lock him in for five years. I don't care that he's over 30, he's a friggin' kicker. The, you know, they can they can kick till they're 52, it seems like. So I really want that Boswell contract, and I am not looking for the Steelers to do it in a way that saves salary cap space. Keep about the same salary cap number this year. But there's other people out there that I threw another one out that the people, you know, they'll grab their they'll grab their torches and pitchforks when I said this. I'm like, you could extend Derek Watt, and you could actually, you know, take take his salary that he was going to get this year that people want to cut him for the two two point seven five million dollars, make most of it all, you know, all but a million dollars signing bonus, and add a couple years on where you're not even going to pay him as much of a base salary, and you could and and you could take that cap hit that they made bigger this year by restructuring last year when they didn't need to. And, and it wouldn't be so terrible if they, if he's the special teams guy that they want to keep around Um, or 
I'm not saying they should, but I'm just saying there are other players out there going into the last year of their deal that they could do that with. But I know the big question is Deontay Johnson. I am actually fine either way the Steelers decide they want to play it. I to- totally understand if they want to see how he, how he works in the offense without Ben Roethlisberger quarterback. Is he going to see a jump or is he going to see a fall? I'm I'm a okay if they have the better inside information and they're like you know maybe we should lock him up now, but before he you know busts out next year or maybe they're like I don't know that he's going to be worth what he's looking for so we're better off you know maybe even picking up a, a comp pick if we don't sign too many outside players, and and can replace him via that pick in the draft. So I'm 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 really neutral when it comes to him, but. Boswell better get a deal. I, I want to see it coming. Yeah, I think Boswell will be signed. I think the one thing that a lot of people are not viewing this Deontay Johnson situation, they're not viewing it in, in this lens with this context, is the same thing that Brian talked about with Minka Fitzpatrick earlier in the show. And that was about how this deal being done when it got done drove up the price for other safeties like a Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. This all comes down, in my opinion, to how the Steelers view Deontay Johnson. Is he a guy that they want to be a foundational piece, a staple in the offense? If they view him in that way, and we don't know if they do or don't, we can give our own opinions, but if we, if we can view it, if they view him that way, then honestly, you want to get this deal done now. Because I, I said this on Let's Ride, the the – the price for wide receivers is going up like gasoline in our country right now. <laughs> I mean, it lit every single contract, it doesn't matter who it is. AJ Brown getting traded and getting a new deal in Philadelphia. You look at what the Buffalo Bills gives, gave Stefan Diggs. You look at Tyreek Hill. Look at Hunter Renfro for crying out loud. No, don't even mention so, Christian Kirk. Oh, geez. Christian Kirk. But, but you see what I'm saying. If you wait and you view Deontay Johnson as that guy, I don't see a regression. I really don't see that coming with Deontay Johnson. He might stay the same. I don't see him going backwards. And so if he's either staying the same, which we know what that is, or he gets better, then my goodness, you don't want to wait. You want to lock him up now before that price tag continues to go up. It's like when you see gas at a certain price, you're like, I know it's going to be 10 cents to more tomorrow. I better get gas now. <laughs> no. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave, you want to say something? Go no, ahead. I was going to say something. I'm, 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 I'm see if Brian agrees with me. Go ahead. When it, the thing you have to remember right now is the Steelers are spending very heavily on defense because they don't have the franchise quarterback. If they if they pick a player that they want to be the staple of their offense and they choose it to be Deontay Johnson and they're going to pay him, that's what it's going to possibly take. The fans might agree with it. They might disagree with it. And the Steelers might think that's it or they might not. But if they do and you're saying, why in the world are they paying Deontay Johnson this money right now? Because you're not paying at quarterback do you brian do you, do you kind of see that that if they're going to spend the money it's mainly because they don't have the franchise quarterback they're, they're, they're paying i'm going to be perfectly honest with you i never thought of it that way and i'm mm-hmm. i'm on board i definitely agree with that comment this is our kumbaya moment but you know i i kind of <laughs> i kind of feel like you're you're right you're right about that they definitely are looking at the defense to carry this team while they're figuring things out but everything about Deontay, if the Steelers decide, and yeah, I I'm the guy that is going to uh, I'm going to uh, kiss butts of the the Steelers uh, brass, and because you know why? Because more often than not, when they make a deal like this for their own guys, 
it's pretty darn good. They know what they have in-house better than they know who's out there for another team. They're, they're getting inside looks. And when they're standing on the sidelines, they're looking for certain things. They are looking for certain tells. They're looking at for certain attributes that take care of their entire picture. And the jury is still out whether we don't know. They might know already. Deontay Johnson, there might be there might be a whiteboard in Omar Khan's office that has Minka Fitzpatrick's name on it, and it's crossed off. And number two might be Deontay Johnson. We don't know that. All I'm saying is right now, there's a lot of alternatives out there. If you can't, if you can't go ahead and get the, the Coke, you might want to get the Pepsi or the RC Cola or the Sam's Club brand. Jerky Red was good. People probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Jerky Red was. was really good. So, you know, you know, all, all I'm saying is that that's the one position that I actually think they're a lot more loaded at wide receivers, so you can kind of wait and see on it. But you're right. If they want him now, they'll go take him now. But but we're also saying that they're loaded at wide receiver, assuming that both picks from this draft are going to work out. You know what I'm saying? And and we and we assume that because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's wide receiver. But we still have to see that as well. Can I ask Jeff a question rather than Jeff ask me the question? Yes. My question is: if we're looking at both Deontay Johnson and Chris Boswell, if the Steelers were to do a deal with either one of them, how many years are you doing for each? I would look for a three-year extension for Deontay. So that would be four total. Yeah. And then with Boswell, I'd say do the Minka Fitzpatrick treatment and give him a four-year extension um, or, yeah, whatever. In other words, five five years from now. Because like you said, kickers can kick for a long time. Deontay Johnson is probably going to want more security than that, which I get. And that, that's what that's the whole caveat that we have no idea about is we don't know what his asking price is. Yeah. So we the Steelers could value him at this number, and he could say, "Well, Christian Kirk, I'm better than that guy. I deserve this." And the Steelers might say, "Okay, good luck, man. <laughs> good well, luck in free agency." <laughs> and I'm not doing a two year deal for Deontay Johnson right now. I don't even want no. a, a two year extension. But if it's a two year deal, you just have him for the last year of his rookie contract. And just say, well, then we'd rather roll with that. But if Johnson doesn't want to sign too long of a deal, if he doesn't think he's getting enough money because he wants to be able to re-up sooner, you know, that was what got Mr. Third and Fifth. He signed the long deal, and then he didn't like that he wasn't the highest paid guy two years into it and wanted a new deal. And that's not how the Steelers work. And that's why that's part of the reason it fell apart. So if Deontay Johnson's like, I don't want to be locked in that long, then don't lock him in at all. Just let it roll. Okay, I want to ask you one more question. We were going to do a debate session with Dave and myself. We're going to push that off to next week because uh, I want to give that enough time. I really do. And it's all about my thought that the salary cap is a myth. Dave strongly disagrees. He has numbers to back it up. I don't. I just have commentary. (laughs) So it's going to be interesting. Uh, But still, I want to ask you all. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, Brian, I'm going to start with you here. If you're Omar Khan and you're thinking about going outside the organization to bring in a player. I'm not looking for specific players, but now that Minka Fitzpatrick's deal is done, we know how much cap space is left. Is there a position that you find desirable that you would want him to target? Brian, what do you think? I've got three. I'm just going to give you one offensive tackle. Okay, that's your tops. That's number one. 
All right. Dave, what about you? Reserve running back. Okay, so you'd want RB2. All right. Yeah. I'm thinking corner. I'm, I'm thinking if he were to maybe go out and get a cornerback, I mean, you'd really solidify the solidify the secondary outside of that. You got Minka Fitzpatrick. When you think about the Steelers defense now with Fitzpatrick in the fold for the next five years, you think about this year's defense, the Edmonds, KZ, the cornerback situation is a little iffy. Outside linebacker depth's a little iffy. We know inside linebacker. Is this defense right now the way we have it constructed and the way we look at it as fans? Is it good enough to win football games? Not to keep them in games. I'm talking about there might be some cases this year where they have to win the game. Brian, what do you think? Not only do I think that it's good enough, you because you have the guys that could – you have T.J. Watt who has turned games around and solidified and ended games. I could name two or three that he ended last year by himself. When you have guys like that, you're good enough to you're you're good enough to go ahead and win games. Now, the other thing that you're looking at is this is a big unknown, but we already think that Brian Flores is going to do something. He's going to do something. He's he's going to make some maneuvers. But you throw in the fact that Terrell Austin is pretty darn smart too. And this guy is crafty. And Terrell Austin was the guy who helped solidify the defensive backs when he came in. It wasn't Tom Bradley. I'm Tom Bradley left. He brought brought in Terrell Austin. He did some pretty good good things. This could be an 11 that isn't, they're not all cover boys. When I say cover boys, they're not on, on, you know, team beat or NFL magazine, or they're, they're not, going to be your superstars they're not going to be on madden 23 24 and 28 that's just not going to happen but what they are going to do they're going to work in gel as a team and i really think they have enough guys to do that on defense and when you throw in the tinkering that is going to happen because you're going to see looks that you've never seen before you're going to see things that are happening that you you're like wow they've never this is not your daddy Steelers. You're going to be saying that because of the defense. It's going to be interesting. And one of the main, I mean, I'm taking one game last year and I'm going to, I'm going to forever until he proves me wrong, say that the most brilliant coaching job I've seen in a long time was the Miami Dolphins beating the Baltimore Ravens last year and completely befuddling Lamar Jackson. And he did it with safeties. He did it on defense. He tinkered. And if they're going to tinker here, then this is going to be a defense that could win a championship. Dave, what about you? What do you think about the defense? Good enough to win games? Well, I'm. Thank you for repeating the question because, Brian, you can't do this to me. You can't just throw out a line and make a Beastie Boy song pop into my head and think that I'm going to be paying attention to anything else that you said. All I'm sitting down is saying how she's crafty. She get sorry. Um, so if you don't know License to Ill, go check out that album. Anyway, let's get back to this. The Steelers defense, the running def- the rush defense. Everyone talks about all oh, the D-line and all the injury. Yes, they were missing two players they expected to have last year. Yes, Tyson Allen only played two games. And now for those people that say he's always hurt, in his previous four seasons with the Steelers, he missed two games total in four years. So, But he's 35. 
that I understand how that's a question mark. But at the same time, when it comes to the rush defense, it's not just the defensive line. To me, it's the defensive line and the and the linebackers working together, both inside and outside linebackers, and all of that working together. It might the big question is. Was the problem last year the combination of last year's defensive line and last year's linebackers? Or is it, you know, or was it all one one or more, you know, more on one more on the other? It's you've got a little, you've got Alo Alo comeback, you've got a difference at inside linebacker, although a lot of people are saying that they replaced the wrong guy. Uh we'll just we'll, we've got a vertex coming out next week about Devin Bush. And and Jeffrey's just he gets so sad when he watches his film versus from where he was before and how he he just can't move the way he used to. Um, we never know if he'll ever get that back. So that that's a big question. But the defense, if they can sure that up, but you're only as strong as your weakest link, and that's what the defense found last year. But in today's NFL, you can give up rushing yards and still win games because if you can really shut down the pass. Isn't that crazy to say? Wasn't defense always about stopping the run? If you stop the run, then you make the team one-dimensional, and then you can tee off and 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 brush the quarterback and and get the sacks like they have been for years. But believe it or not, the Steelers are actually they're like you know what we we, we stop the run, but if if you're talking about a team that has a minute and a half to score at the end of the half and they need four points they're not going to be able to run the ball down there and score. So as much as the as much as the running game is almost being de-emphasized in the NFL and you can't say that it's not with the way they pay running backs and how they've de-emphasized the paying that position, maybe that's kind of the shift the Steelers are doing, but you've got to be able to to, to stop it and as if they can if they can at least be adequate stopping the run, they don't have to be the best in the league. They just can't be the worst. Then yes, then this I believe this is a championship defense. All right. Do y'all both have trivia or Brian? Brian is muted. <laughs> Act like a professional. Well, I'm at someone else's house. No, and no, I... no. He muted because he wanted to start singing Beastie Boys while I was talking. I'm sure that's what it was. No, I don't want you yelling at me for a phone ring in. <laughs> Brian, do you have trivia? No, I'm going to abstain from uh, okay. trivia. Dave hurt my feelings. Oh, just Dave, now? <laughs> Go ahead, say. Dave. Go ahead. Trivia. All right. This is kind of in the in the realm of last week's trivia. I really enjoyed that one when I dove into stuff about about um, what you know given up by the Steelers. Um, where we talked, where we looked at the, I can't even remember the answer to the trivia question from last week, but we asked about, you know, Joe Flacco is the player that's passed for the most yards against the Steelers. I decided to look at the wide receivers, not necessarily wide receivers, but just re receiving and receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. And I'm like, oh, who's caught the most touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers? There's a problem. The top 10 names are all pre-NFL mergers. And I don't want to just say, all right, Jeff, here, here's a flashlight, go play while the adults are talking. Because I don't even know if Brian would get <laughs> I don't I'll even take know. the flashlight and go, honestly. If that's the question, I'll, I'll see y'all next Thursday. Have a good, have a good week. <laughs> but I don't even know if Brian would have been able to pull off that Gary Collins is the player that's caught the most touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Was John Amici or Raymond Berry on that list? Lance uh, Allworth? No, 
Okay, no, yeah, I mean, no, it's I, Gary Collins, Kyle, is it Rote or Rote? It's R-O-T-E. Joe Morrison, Pete, is it Pihos? I don't know, P-I-H-O-S. Um, Frank Gifford's on there. But what I decided to do is like, hey, if, if that's the top 10, and that was with nine touchdowns or more, if you go top eight, and let's just say post-merger, there are eight players in the regular season who have not eight players, four players who have caught eight touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers during the regular season since the NFL merger. So now that I set up with all that other craziness, can you name for me the four players who have caught the eight touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers since the merger? And if you want to, I can tell you how they break down error wise, or do you want to try to guess first? Uh, give, give us a shot uh, to guess first. Um, it's going to be a stretch, but I'm going to go Rob Gronkowski. You are correct. Rob yeah. Gronkowski is one of them, and he right. has it in, in the fewest number of games. He has eight touchdowns against the Steelers in seven games. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I have a feeling that this is wrong, Okay, but I've got to throw out A.J. Green, but I think he's like six A.J. Green is another one. You've got okay, the two okay. that were from the 2010s. Uh, so those are the two from the 2010s. So I will tell you this because you guys did a great job, got both of those. I'm going to give you that the next two, one was 70s into 80s, and the other was 80s into 90s. I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> it's all you, Brian. All right. Um, I'm going to have to think in division. Chris, is Chris Collinsworth one of them? Chris Collinsworth know? is not one of them. I'm trying to find him here on the list. Um, he doesn't even have, he doesn't even have five. I don't think, um, that I can find, I'm trying to find his name. Come on. Where are you? So no, that's because I can't sort it by name because it's filtered out by going up against the Steelers. How about Charlie Joyner? Charlie Joyner. I saw that he's not one of them, but I know I saw that name on here. Not so, not so far down. Wow. Okay. So 80s going into 90s. Carl Pickens. Okay. Carl Pickens is six. Okay. He has six touchdowns. Dave Logan. Bing, 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 bing. You got one. Dave Logan. He's the 70s into 80s. 70s. Who do you play Browns. for? Who do you play for the Browns? Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, cool mustache. He had, he had the yeah. John Oates mustache. That's why it was awesome. Now I will give you a hint on the last one. It was that was eighties into nineties. It was for a team that is no longer in the Steelers division. Okay, so it's Houston, or it could Jackson be Jacksonville. Though. Well, technically, he played for both Houston and one last year for Jacksonville. <laughs> Ernest Givens. That would be Ernest Givens. Nice. Good Good job, man. Brian Anthony Davis. Now, real quick, if you're you're wondering, since the merger, what player has the most receiving yards against the Steelers? And I'll give you a hint. You've already mentioned the name. Bronk. Yards? Nope. No, not yards. He didn't have many yards. He just had touchdowns. (laughs) A lot of them. (laughs) He's like Chris Carter. He only catches touchdowns. Sorry. I'm not looking at the chat, by the way, Josh Parker. I never. Wow, he, wow, he looked at the chat to say that, Josh. Parker. <laughs> no, I mean, I saw, I saw him in the background. But if you want to offend me in any way, challenge. Say that I sorry. Trivia. The receiving yards. This wasn't since the merger, but the answer is 
from since the merger. I filtered it out with everybody, but this is this was since the merger that it happened. So those other guys, that's the thing. Those other guys pre pre merger caught lots of touchdowns, not lots of yards. But then the guys post merger, lot, lot more yards, not as many touchdowns. I don't think was it's it either. Yeah, it was not Logan. I guess AJ. AJ Green is third on the list. Hmm. We know it's not Gronk. So who's the other one we haven't named? <laughs> Did you say it's the same? He's also on the touchdowns list. He was on the touchdowns list, but he was not. He didn't okay. have eight. He didn't have eight. Okay. And we mentioned him. And you mentioned him, and he didn't have eight. And he had six. Uh huh. And I can't remember who that was. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Kramer, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> now it's Carl Pickens. Carl Pickens has 1,289 receiving yards against the Steelers. In second place with 1,219 is Ozzie Newsome, one yard ahead of A.J. Green, who is four yards ahead of Derek Mason. Those are the four that are 1,200 yards or more against the Steelers. Derek Mason did some damage against the team for several teams. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Very good stuff. But, good but, but, but you're going to love this. How many touchdowns do you have against the Steelers? Zero. One. Oh, just one. Dang it. Yeah. It was love. It was love. Yep. All right. Let's do some final thoughts. Brian, you're up. Go ahead. My final thoughts tonight are that I don't have final thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts of the future of this football team. <laughs> and it all goes back to the title of this show. And it's Omar Khan. I got to tell you, we already talked about it. We talked about the fact that you could have brought in a bunch of football guys. But this team looked at how can we go ahead and maximize the strengths of a couple of these candidates. And that's exactly what they did. So we're talking about how much we're going to love Omar Khan. And I, I think it's uh, I think that's given. But I really think that we're going to love guys like Andy Weidel. I really think we're going to love the scouting department. And I got to call out another one of our guys that when they brought in Sadowski, Matty Pever, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you, I don't know who Sadowski is. I don't, I didn't know who Sheldon White was. I really did not. I'm reading about him. I'm listening to Jeffrey Benedict talk about him. I'm excited about him. But when it comes to these guys, we can pretend to know and be disappointed when they bring in a guy for the front office. But my gosh, the due diligence that is done is absolutely amazing. And I'm the first one to tell you, you, you asked me who's going to be the next, uh, who's going to be the next GM. And I said, it could be Andy Weidel. In fact, I'm going to put my money on Weidel just because I didn't know. I, I had no idea whatsoever. I just said, don't let it be Doug Whaley because he said something stupid and I, I didn't like him that day. So all I'm going to say is that, you can pretend to know what you know, but my gosh, I'm going to tell you firsthand. I don't know what the Steelers know, and I'm going to say that forever. But I will say this, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the Roonies, they ain't giving you Dave Logan. All right. <laughs> Dave. All I have to say this is, Brian, if 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 we're if we got mad at you on days that you said something stupid, I don't think we'd like you very much. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. But you did give a great 
you know, not final thoughts, but we'll call them continuing thoughts because it gave me time to finally find Chris Collinsworth on that list because he never caught a regular season touchdown against yes. the Steelers. I'd wow. ne- I had to look up if he ever did in the playoffs, but I assume not. Well, I, I don't so, think they've ever played. They never I played he ever did. in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's why that was a, that's why I couldn't find him. It was a big fat zero. If so, I'm not mistaken, I think the first ever playoff matchup was in the, uh, was it 2000? Was it 2005? What the, the the Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer knee. yeah, um, Kimo von Ol. Kimo von Ol. I think that's play. the first time they ever matched been. up in the play. I, 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 that would take me more time to look up. But Jeff's waiting for my final thoughts, and or I'll say like Brian says, my continuing thoughts. Yeah, when it comes to what the Steelers front office did, it's not even that that they got a deal done. We knew they were going to get a deal done. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. We we know what he means to the team. It's when they did. It's that they got it done, my goodness, the week after minicamp. The Steelers are supposed to still be in minicamp. Today was supposed to be the last day. And instead, they're, they're having a press conference announcing Minka Fitzpatrick. That's what I like the most is that, hey, we know what we want to do. Let's get it done. And then that way we know what else we have available if if something else arises. I don't feel like the Steelers are going to go out and do anything crazy. I've got a salary cap update coming out. I'm starting to even want to give the Steelers more money to go into the season because they need to um, – a, a, a new expense that I hadn't taken into account in past years is the elevated players. When they get elevated from the practice squad, they get paid more. So you've got to make sure you have a little bit more money there. So, but they still have some, you know, a fair, let's just say about a third of what you think that they have, they have really the free to spend, but you don't have to jump on that right now because you got to also ask who's out there. So I, I like that they did it so they know their resources that they have available moving forward. They Seeing that they could have done the deal with in a way that would have saved even more salary cap space, but they didn't do it to push more into the future if they didn't need to. I, I kind of like that. That's why I'd, I'd be interesting to see if they had to have more money, if the Steelers restructured TJ Watt, if it would be a full restructure or just whatever they needed. Right now, I think they're at a point that they don't need to. And, I, and I'm glad that they're holding off on doing that. Last year, I feel like it would have been done in March just in case. So I, I like the way that they're handling the things of get done now what you can get done now so you don't have to worry about it later. And you don't have to do something now that's just moving around money that can be done later until you know for sure if you need it. I, I'm, I'm happy with this. I don't know if it's going to be the norm. I, I want to see what the norm is going to be going forward, get more data and how they work stuff. But uh, I'm just happy that, that Mink is locked in for five more years. Got to get Jeff a Mink jersey. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> this weekend is Father's Day weekend. The three of oh, us yeah. on this show are all fathers. I want to wish all of you a happy Father's Day. I want to wish everyone that's watching this, whether listening to this in audio, watching us Facebook, YouTube, replay, whatever. If you are a father, happy Father's Day. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy the U.S. Open, which always coincides with Father's Day. Mm-hmm. It's a golf tournament, by the way, in case you don't know. And uh, I, it's that's it. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. In the meantime, we'll be back for another Steelers preview next Thursday. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right. We'll see you next Thursday. Go Steelers. When I know that it can never really be the same